Hey, hey, this is the first part of a five-part series that you'll be able to binge listen to. And this episode is the first ever of the Think Beyond the Drink podcast. I am so excited to tell you more about the five-part series. And I'm also just so honored and excited that you're here today. When this podcast launches, it will be the end of January. And do you know what happens during this time? 43% or more of people have already given up on their New Year's resolutions. So whether that is you or you're hitting it hard and you're feeling really resolute, this podcast series will be for you. So in today's episode, what I'm going to do is talk about the seven areas of life where I believe that aliveness and vitality happen. And it's just a way also for us to get to know each other a little bit so you can know a little bit about my philosophy in life. And then also I'm going to talk about the biggest mistake that I see women make when they're trying to make or break a habit. So you can just insert your advice there. And yeah, let's go to the show. Welcome to Think Beyond the Drink. This podcast is for women who want to unravel their relationship with alcohol and other vices without labels, stigma, or judgment. We focus on things that give us energy, not take from it. This is for women who want to feel the aliveness and vitality in their life again, who want deep, intimate connections and a purpose-driven life. Hey, hey, welcome, loves. Okay, so I don't know about you, but I want to feel alive. I want aliveness in my life. I want my life to feel full and rich with love and experiences. When I wake up in the morning, I want to be excited to start the day and in deep, deep gratitude for my life. All right, who's with me? Who wants that too? I really want my aliveness to match the wisdom that I have gained in my 40 plus years. And if you want the same thing, then I want you to listen up, not only in this episode, but in future episodes, because we really are talking about is how we feel alive and full and passionate and energetic in our lives. And if you're not feeling this way right now, that is absolutely okay. Because most of my friends, myself included, are not feeling the full aliveness of our potential. And I feel like that's an important conversation for us to have. And really, this could be at any point in your life, but really typically this happens between the age of 35 and 55, where our aliveness starts to dip a little bit, where we feel less vital, we feel less healthy and energetic and capable like we used to. And maybe you're feeling a little bit more of this brain fog, this inability to focus and to complete tasks and follow through, or you just don't feel as sharp and witty as you used to. Or maybe you're midsection, you're gaining a little bit of weight around the midsection, but you haven't changed your food intake or the type of food that you're eating or even really your exercise routine. Maybe you notice that you have some aches and pains in your body that you didn't used to have in your joints. You wake up and maybe you have some hip pain or some shoulder pain or some back pain that you didn't used to have. Maybe you notice that your sleep is a little bit more disturbed than it used to be or 
you're waking up at 2 a.m. with these racing thoughts and it's hard to go back to sleep. Or maybe it's hard to fall asleep. And this is a, a typical pattern for you. Or maybe you notice that you just can't deal with the stress of life like you used to. In order to make any decision, even a small one, you just just can't make the decision as quickly and you don't make it with as much confidence as you used to. And life just seems like it's this insurmountable amount of difficulties. So wherever you are, if you've said yes to any of those things or you're nodding your head or you're saying, yes, that's what my friends and I are talking about too, then I want to talk to you about these seven areas where I feel that we need to kind of turn the dial up or down on in order to feel this full aliveness in our lives. And in my program called Holistic Vitality, we focus on these seven areas, but I want to just go ahead and share them with you in a linear fashion right now. So one area that you really want to focus on and look like is the quality of your sleep. Like we mentioned, are you having a hard time falling asleep or are you waking up at 2 a.m. with this inability to fall back asleep like you used to? What about your hormonal imbalance or are you receiving the support that you need in the season of your life with your hormones? Are you receiving adequate nutrition? What does your alcohol intake look like? This is a huge one, a huge one for this podcast. What does your environment look like? How are the relationships within your life? Do you have purpose and connection? What about the service that you're giving to others? And movement. Are you moving your body the way that you should be moving your body within the season of your life? It's really important because I feel like, especially if you were raised in the 80s and 90s, it was all about high intensity cardio and maybe even in the 2000s but this high intensity cardio but when you are in the state of high cortisol if you're in this stress state and you're kind of live in that stress state then actually being in a high cardio state will not help you improve your stress state so really looking at is the type of movement you're doing working for where you are in your in your life and where you are in your stress state which leads me to the number seven area that i like to look look at when we're looking at aliveness and vitality is this idea of perceived stress versus real stress and i'll have a whole episode about perceived stress versus actual stress but then how we deal with that how we how we differentiate between these two and then how we actually deal with stress and again like i mentioned i just listed these off very linearly but i want you to recognize that this is more of like a spider web if you will they're all connected so if you let's say have some hormonal imbalance, then that can absolutely affect your stress and your ability to cope with stress. If you have a crappy job that you hate, that's gonna affect your sleep. Or if you're having really hard or poor relationships, that's gonna affect your sleep. And the amount of stress that you have can affect your alcohol consumption. So they're all interrelated. 
But I have to say that with the women that I typically work with the most, when we really look at the alcohol consumption, we can see that that is a ripple effect into all of the other areas because alcohol disrupts our sleep. And we, when we get poor sleep, and that's even one drink a day can affect our sleep. Or if we just binge drink on the weekends or we just get you know wasted on a Friday, that can affect our sleep for several days, which then affects our hormones. It affects the way that we nourish ourselves, the foods that we choose to eat that, that evening or the next day. It affects the quality of our sleep that I mentioned. That's kind of the ripple effect. It affects potentially our relationships or really even the drive and the purpose that we have in our life. We may not move as, as much. We may not get our exercise in. Or if we do, we're not at the heightened you know, physical ability that we could possibly be for that day. And then also, we think that it could actually be helping with stress, but it actually is perpetuating our stress. Or it is causing us to have this perceived stress in our lives that if we just removed alcohol, that it could improve. Now, I am not talking about recovery or sobriety or long-term sobriety or any of that. I'm just saying let's look at alcohol as it relates to our vitality and our aliveness. Okay, so you're able to diagnose which area in your life that you might need most support. But like I said, typically if you are drinking alcohol in some capacity, that's something that you really want to have this prolonged period of abstinence, you know, that could be 100 days, one year, five years, it was five years for me. That's the amount of time that I needed in order to really readjust my my habits and my dopamine and serotonin and all of the neurotransmitters in order to really create this new way of being, but it's different for everyone. And some people are lifelong abstainers, and that's great too. But really, I suggest a long-term period of abstinence so you can really look and see how alcohol was affecting your health, your aliveness, your vitality. And then you can decide at some other point if it seems like something that you want to add back in or not. But anyway, like I mentioned before, even a small amount can really affect your sleep. So Here's my main challenge for you, because I just laid out seven things. And really, the whole purpose of laying out those seven areas that I really feel like you need to dial up or down in order to be vital and alive in your life, we do not want to approach all of them at once. You want to pick out the one thing on that list that will have the biggest ripple effect in your life. And like I mentioned, alcohol is typically the one I work with women to help them break their drinking habits. So that's typically what I see. But if that doesn't feel like it relates to you, then really picking out another area. Not sure if by the time this episode airs that there will be a link in the show notes, but it's a way that you can self-diagnose where you are or where you're going to need support within those seven areas of vitality. So just take a peek or come back and look at it later because it will be there at some point. If you get on my email list, then I'll send that out to you as well. So 
what I was mentioning about the main challenge is that I don't want you to take on those seven things like, oh, I'm going to work on my stress level and I'm going to get better sleep and I'm going to quit drinking and I, you know, all of the things at once. Because what I have seen as the biggest mistake that women make is they try to take on too many things at once when they're trying to start a new habit or stop a bad habit they do it all at once. And recently, I broke this number one rule that I give my, all my clients to. So I get it. It happens. It's the shiny object syndrome. We see all of these things in life that we can change or that we want some guidance and support on. And so we do them all at one time. So I'll just give you an example of myself recently in my life. I um, noticed that I needed some help within my hormonal health Also, I was having some parenting challenges with my tween, as well as really wanting to build some more financial abundance and stability. So kind of playing with that wealth game. And there was this, oh, and then starting this podcast, I really needed accountability on getting this podcast off the ground. So over the course of three months or so, I found a coach or an expert in all of those areas. (laughs) And What happened was, is that I wasn't able to focus on anything. I didn't do do any of them well. I felt like I was failing and falling behind because I wasn't really, I had really lost my focus. I had lost the reason why I was doing each of those specific things. And what I mean by lose the focus is that when we can choose just one thing, then we have that as our ultimate goal, right? So if we choose to not drink for 30 days, then that is our goal. But what I see so often, which is what I did as well, is that we decide to add in all of these other things as well. So we want to stop drinking. We want to, you know, do a couch to 5K, We want to start packing all of our lunches for work. We want to eat healthy. So we try to do all of these things at the same time. And then what happens is, is that, you know, seven days into it, we step on the scale or maybe it's two weeks into it. So we're starting to feel like we're sleeping better again, like our aliveness and our vitality is improving. We're eating a little bit better. We haven't had anything to drink for two weeks, but then we step on the scale and the scale is either absolutely the same. It hasn't moved. The poundage is the same or we've increased. And then what do we do? It's like we have this this perfectly juicy apple, but it's blemished. And we just toss it out, right? Because it's not perfect. And so that's what we do if we see that we're not succeeding in one of the many areas that we're trying to change in our lives. And we just like throw it all out. And that's what I did. You know, I started, I lost focus on what was I really ultimately wanting to do. Well, if we look at the vitality scale, right, where we have those seven areas, what I was really doing is... I was creating this perceived stress. I was actually creating stress in my life that was kind of made up, right? I was the one who decided to take all of this on at once. And then in doing so, I created this, what I'm calling this perceived stress. So 
That is the number one biggest mistake that I see women make. And when, like I said, I work with a lot of women who are trying to break their drinking habit. And so when I ask them what their goals are, they're always like, oh yeah, I want to lose weight and start exercising. I want to wake up early, start journaling, eating healthy. And then, you know, two weeks later, like I say, they might be feeling better, but the scale doesn't move. And then they're just like, this isn't working. And they just feel defeated. And I don't know if this is you, but this is definitely me, is that when I see myself not completing something, so when I was looking at you know those four areas that I wanted to change in my life within three months, what happened was is I didn't look at it originally as like this overcommitment problem. I wasn't like, oh, I overcommitted, that's why. I looked at it as like a me problem. And that's when I was in it, right? That's when I was really like, in the muck of it, when I was buried by all of these additional responsibilities that I had in life, is I was like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I do this, right? Why don't I have the motivation? Why don't I have the energy? Why don't I have the willpower? Maybe you've even said this to yourself, I can never change. I knew this would happen, I can never change. This is just the way I am. So, Basically, we lose the primary focus is when we take on all of this stuff, we lose our primary focus. We feel like it's all our fault that we're doing something wrong in life. When in reality, we took on too much. So this coming back in to just choose that one thing, commit to one thing only if it's starting a habit or if it's breaking a habit. Because this isn't like an alcohol diet, you know, where we quit drinking and eliminate sugar, gluten, and dairy, and do all of the things at once. We just pick the one thing that we want that will have the biggest ripple impact on all areas of our life. So while drinking just naturally, or while not drinking, naturally will cause you to sleep better and be more productive and energetic and alive, because you'll you know more than likely want to work out and want to eat healthier, that is the byproduct of your commitment. That is not your commitment. Right? Your commitment was, I don't want to drink for X amount of days. But don't also expect for those to be your outcomes originally or initially. Because a lot of times when people stop drinking, depending on how habituated their drinking patterns were, they actually will feel more tired and they need more rest and they're less productive because their nervous system is really trying to heal itself. And so if that is your outcome, especially in the beginning, then that too could be something that you can feel a little bit wobbly about, right? That can throw you off track, where you can lose focus. Now, after 100 days of not drinking or even you know 60 days without drinking, if you're still not feeling uh, more well-rested and all of those things, and definitely something to talk to a uh, expert about. But let's use the example of moving our bodies, okay? So let's say that we want to have the goal of walking 10,000 steps a day. (laughs) By the way, that is like so many steps. I think it's between like three and five miles, depending on how long your legs are. And it takes up like a ton of time. I've been doing it. 
I was going to say trying, but we never try. If we try something, we fail. So I've been actively doing it some days more successfully than others. But one of the natural byproducts of walking 10,000 steps is that you're just not around your refrigerator as much. You're not mindlessly eating at your desk because you have to get up and get those steps in. So if you work a nine to five job, any break you get, you're walking around the building, you're walking around outside, you're doing your social rounds, you know, to really get your, your steps in. Or if you work from home, you're just, you know, again, during those breaks, you're always moving your body or after dinner, you're moving your body. So the natural byproduct of that is you're more than likely going to be eating less. And then when you're walking 10,000 steps, you're going to feel more tired at the end of the day and your body is going to want to get that really restorative sleep. So you more than likely are going to sleep better. But you might not always feel that great when you're trying to walk, walk these 10,000 steps or some days you might not hit your mark and then you you ate more than you wanted to or you ate not as healthy as you wanted to, right? But it's more of like the goal and staying focused on, I want to walk 10,000 steps five days a week for the next 100 days and not, I want to also lose inches and lose weight on the scale, okay? It's really about in creating this habit that you know the byproduct is going to be feeling better. So this is just to remind us that women are multi-passionate. We just are. We are these renaissance women and we love, love big and we live big. And we do have this capacity to be these great multitaskers, even though I hate that word. However, when you are planning on learning a new, a new habit, a new skill, a new way of being, not allowing yourself the space to carry and to practice this new way of being is just a disservice to you. It's a disservice to your heart. It's a disservice to others. In the next episode, we're going to talk about why removing something like drinking or any of any vice that you have could actually sabotage your progress if you don't prepare for it. So can't wait to catch up with you in the next episode. The world needs the vibrance and wisdom of a woman's intuition to help heal the world. When we learn to trust ourselves through leaning into and through discomfort, we learn to trust ourselves and in that space is our power and clarity.